In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the month of Abib, and the month of Abib is uh, is the month where we celebrate the Apostles' Feast uh, on the 5th of Abib, which is uh, this Wednesday. And um, all throughout the Apostles' Fast and the Feast, the focus of all of the readings of the Church is on the work of the Apostles, to evangelize and to preach and to spread the word and to establish the church. Um, and so today we read the famous passage in Luke chapter 10 where the Lord sends the apostles two by two um, and to all these various places in order to preach and teach and prepare the way for himself who was about to go and travel into all of those areas. And so this gospel passage that we read today is an example of one that we use to um, to, to give us a model of evangelism. So how is it that we go and evangelize and we spread the word of God? And in verse 9 it says, Say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. This is what the Lord is telling the apostles to tell them. Um, any one of us who is called to do this, uh, which is of course all of us, we are all ambassadors of Christ, we are all called to evangelize, we're all called to spread the word of God. So in that sense we are all ministers, ministers of the word, meaning we are sharing the word of God, we are sharing of ourselves, of our faith, to the world around us, to the people around us. So I wanted to speak a little bit today about some of the distractions that can happen to us in our life that would hinder us from being able to spread the word of God as he has called. He said, the harvest is, is plenty, but the laborers are few. There are few people who are willing to take up the, the mission of going to spread the word of God because the challenges of evangelism are great and oftentimes we struggle in order to share our faith. So I want to speak a little bit about some of the distractions um, that might happen to us in our, in our ministry as we are trying to evangelize. The first struggle on distraction that we have in ministering the word of God to people is if we are leading a double life. Um, the lifestyle, of course, that we are preaching when we are preaching the word of God is a lifestyle of purity and righteousness and saintliness and godliness and of all the virtues um, selflessness, sacrifice, all of these things that we know very well, which is the, the model and the standard of a Christian life of how we are called to live. And yet maybe we ourselves struggle to uh, live such a life, and maybe we are not even trying to live such a life. Maybe, um, you know, it's, it's, it's understandable when we all fall short of the glory of God, as the scripture says, and we are unable to live according to the standard that God has chosen for us, because we are sinners, and we are in need of the mercy of God. And a big part, actually, of evangelizing is having tasted the mercy of God, and knowing that God accepts the sinner as long as they are repentant. But a person who leads a double life is a person who is not even seeking to live according to the commandments of God, but seeking to live life according to their own will, according to their own desires, contrary to the word of God. Such a person is not able to minister to someone else because they themselves do not live according to what they preach. They are not trying even to live according to what they preach. In 2 Corinthians 5.11 it says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. And what does it mean? says that we ourselves as the believers we understand both the mercy and the justice of God we understand the consequences of sin we understand what God is calling us to and so we ourselves knowing this are also trying to persuade others we are trying to bring others convince others of the truth just as we also have accepted the truth so this truth is first for ourselves and then for the others if you think even how 
um, God chose to establish the church and to spread the word of God to the world, he first started in Jerusalem. He first started with Israel, and he chose the Israelites among all the people of the world in order to sanctify them and purify them, and it was through them then the rest of the world would believe. And so this is the same thing with us. When, when the Israelites stopped believing or they started worshiping idols and they started going astray from God, they lost their um, testimony. They could no longer go to the other nations and tell them, come and, and believe in the God of Israel because they themselves did not believe him. They themselves did not worship him the way that they were called to worship. And so this was a distraction. This was something that prevented the word of God from spreading, is leading a double life. Second distraction to the ministry is the desire for life security. Um, in Acts chapter 20, um, we read, the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. This is St. Paul speaking about the, the kind of life he's expecting to have in his ministry. His life was not characterized by relaxation or comfort or glory. It was not that he was given, but he was always being, people are always taking from him. And he is suffering and he is struggling and he is imprisoned and he was ultimately martyred. The kind of life that he was called to was not a, a, a life that maybe we would find attractive. It was a life of difficulty. And so also when we are called to live the Christian life and to spread the word of God, then there is some level of discomfort that we are called to have. If you look at the apostles, all of them gave up something um, from the fishermen who were standing at the seashore after having caught a miraculous catch of fish. When the Lord told them, follow me, they left the fish behind that they had caught and they went and they followed Christ. Uh, Levi, who was a tax collector working in his tax office, when the Lord told him, follow me, he left his office and his money behind and he went and he preached. And even those people who refused to leave everything behind, like the rich young ruler, whom also the Christ called to follow him, and yet he walked away sad because he was unable to do so. So one of the things that God actually calls us for, which is maybe not a life of complete consecration as he would uh, like, a, a, like a monastic or an apostle, but he's calling us to sacrifice something for the sake of the ministry, for the sake of evangelism, for the sake of sharing our faith with others. And maybe one of the things that we sacrifice is our, uh, our, uh, our sense of comfort. Maybe it's difficult for us to go and to share the word of God. Maybe we find that we are awkward or embarrassed or we don't know what to say or it, it requires us to sacrifice some time or some money in some way that we are called to share and to minister to the others. It, is, um, it can be a, a sacrifice. And so one of the distractions of the ministry is the desire for the security, desire for our own life security, desire for comfort, desire for for, for the, whether that comfort be comfort in terms of my social comfort or whether it be financial comfort, whatever the case might be, um, it can be a distraction. How is it that we can share the word of God without giving up anything at all? Um, the third distraction of the ministry is self-glorification. Whenever the apostles began to preach, some people considered them to be even gods. Uh, when Paul and Barnabas began to uh, speak to the people uh, at Lystra. They worshipped them thinking that they were gods after they performed a miracle of healing. But after they began to do so, it says, but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard this, 
They tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude, crying out and saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men with the same nature as you and preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God. So one of the temptations when someone becomes successful in ministering to others is the, the glory that they attain for themselves, that maybe people look at them as a model, as an example, as someone to be followed, and maybe very in a very subtle way, they begin to accept this glory on themselves instead of redirecting that glory to Christ. And certainly one of the reasons that the Lord sent the apostles two by two um, in all of the different places was to avoid the glory. If, if two people are going together, they are sharing the success of the ministry together rather than each one could attribute it only to themselves. And this is also a, a distraction that can happen. What are we seeking? Are we seeking to glorify ourselves? Are we seeking that we can say that we have been successful in, a, in the mission or not? Um, even the Lord Jesus Christ, after he saw the apostles returning um, from the mission, and they were so happy, they were saying, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And the Lord responded and says, do not rejoice that the demons are subject to you, but rather that your names are written in heaven. So do not be glorified in the, in, in the successes that you have in, in your ministry, in your service, in your work, but rather be glorified and, and satisfied only with your salvation. Another distraction that comes um, uh, in the ministry is administration. And this maybe sounds counterintuitive because administration is not a bad thing. Administration is a good thing, an important thing, something that is actually necessary for any service or any organization to run. There has to be administration that happens. Sometimes, though, um, instead of administration being something that we establish for the sake of benefiting the service, administration becomes an end to itself and becomes something that we pursue and seek and almost a bureaucracy that becomes an obstacle rather than um, something that is good. Um, the apostles experienced this at the beginning of the ministry when there was a conflict in the church uh, between the widows. There were some widows uh, that were arguing with one another, uh, believing that the distribution of food among them was unfair. And so when the apostles came, it says, Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. They established the rank of the deacon and appointed seven deacons in order to be responsible for this administrative work. It is not that the administration was, was neglected or ignored or seen as being unimportant, but it was not the focus of the ministry. The focus of the ministry of the apostles was to serve the word of God and not to, and according to their words, is to serve tables. Someone else could do that work. Someone else is able and capable to do that work. Our job is to minister to the word of God and to share the word of God with people. So they understood that the focus of the service was to share the word of God. It was not just to have an administratively uh, organized service um, and to focus all of their time and effort on that organization and that administration. Again, administration is a good thing and it's necessary, but it should not become an end in and of itself. That the purpose of everything that we do is a spiritual one. You know, even when we have administrative meetings in the church, we have meetings among the servants, we have meetings of the board, we have all kinds of meetings all the time, sometimes too many meetings. But 
the purpose of those meetings is a spiritual service. The, spir the purpose of those meetings is the salvation of the people. That whatever work that we are endeavoring to do, whatever project we are doing, whatever building we are building, whatever it is, in the end the goal is the salvation of people. It is not simply to build a building. It is not simply to organize the people. It is for the salvation of people. And that's something very important for us to remember as we are ministering and as we are serving. That everything we do is for the purpose of the salvation and not for any other reason. Um, another distraction in the ministry is conforming to popular opinion. Um, the apostles, they were preaching against the world that hated them, that, that, that rejected their message, that were the ones who crucified the Messiah, and they were going to preach him and saying that he is the one who brought salvation to the world. Certainly the message that they preached was a very, very unpopular message, and in the end they were martyred because... It, the message was so unpopular and sometimes we ask ourselves um, when I go and I share my faith with people well what if people are offended or what if people um, speak poorly of me or what if I'm rejected or whatever it is we feel afraid to speak up because there's going to be some pushback or backlash or or we'll be uh, considered to be bigots or racists or offensive in some way um, to people um, because we are preaching the truth of the gospel and maybe for, for many of us, it causes us to remain quiet because we are afraid to speak the truth when we are confronted with different situations of people who have different beliefs than we do. But actually, when you look in the book of Acts and how the apostles preached, they preached very boldly. And they were not afraid of what is it that would happen to them as a result of the message that they preached. Because again, their purpose was not their own comfort, not for them to be accepted, but the salvation of the world, which is what they were called to, um, to, to strive and to work toward. In Acts chapter 4, um, St. Peter is saying, This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there any salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You know, if someone were to ask today, um, maybe somebody from a different religion other than Christianity, and they would say, Is there any way of salvation? Um, other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, many people will be tempted to give a very politically correct answer and to avoid wanting to offend people of different faiths and different religions and try to find a way to try to uh, smooth the conversation and, and, and keep it ambiguous because we don't want to really offend anyone. But actually, St. Peter here was very clear. and said, no, there is no other name under heaven in which, by which men will be saved other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Meaning, if you do not have the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not saved. It's a very clear, clear message. Also in chapter 4, it says, So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge. Meaning, we are not going to listen to you. You might threaten us to be beaten if we continue to preach the name of the Lord Jesus, but we will rather follow God rather than men. It is a very clear and very um, powerful stance that they took based on their faith in order to bring about um, the, the salvation of the world through their preaching. Uh, the sixth distraction in the ministry is relying on materialistic resources. In the early church, the people gave up everything that they had to the church. They didn't try to say that, um, as many people say today, that the, 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 the blessings of God is the material success 
and so we will keep the material success for ourselves. But they actually gave up everything. They had to the church when they saw that there was a need, and the church needed their money. So Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. This is, um, so this is the, um, the miracle of uh, Peter and John healing a paralyzed man uh, at the temple. It says, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. When the man was begging, he was asking for money. And so the apostles came and they said to him, we do not have money to give you, but we have what is better than money, which is the Holy Spirit. We have the Spirit of God working. The church does not have to be wealthy. The church does not have to have a lot of money. If it is wealthy in the Spirit and we are filled with the Spirit of God, then the work of God will be manifest in the church and in all of us, and the work of God will spread, and the Spirit of God will spread. And think about how much the apostles were able to accomplish when they had very, very little resources. There was actually a story, I might have shared it with you um, uh, before, based on this verse, when um, there was a man who was, uh, I believe he was a priest, um, and this is for a, a different Christian denomination. And he was giving uh, a tour of a very, very fancy uh, uh, cathedral to another man. And the cathedral was filled with gold and silver and all kinds of very ornate decorations. And so the, this man who was giving the tour was very proud of this church. And as he was giving the tour, he, he said he was referring to this verse that I just mentioned in Acts chapter 3. He said, no, gone are the days where we can say silver and gold I do not have. With pride, like he's saying, like, yes, back then they said silver and gold I do not have, but now we have silver and gold. Now we have money. Now we have wealth in the church. And the man whom he was giving the tour to turned to him and he said, um, neither can you say in the, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Like he said, you, you are so proud of the wealth that you have, but do you have the spirit that you can actually perform miracles and you can actually heal the paralyzed? No, your focus was so much on just the wealth, on the focus on the externalities of the church rather than on the faith itself, rather than on the, the internal aspect of the faith. And so this is another distraction for the ministry where the church becomes so consumed just with trying to collect resources and donations and money and neglecting the, the real um, the real focus, which is to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. The final um, distraction I want to mention is divisions. Whenever there are divisions in the church, whenever there are um, people that are arguing and fighting against one another, the church has no energy or time or focus to do anything other than just to focus on these internal divisions. Actually, an attack that comes upon the church from the outside can strengthen the church persecutions actually strengthen the church and actually help to spread the church throughout the world. But when the attack is from the inside and the church is divided against itself, like the Lord Jesus Christ, any kingdom, uh, he said, any kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. There is no way for the church to be able to carry out its function if it is divided against itself and there are divisions. And again, as I mentioned before, um, in the early church, everyone would sell all of their possessions, all of their goods. It says, now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. The kind of love that they had for one another, that if there was a person in the church in need, then another person would sell what they have even to give them and to make up for the need that they have. This was the love that existed in the early church. 
Sadly today, if we look at the status of the church in many places, whether it be in individual congregations, where there are different groups and factions that fight and war against each other, or entire groups of even in the Orthodox Church uh, that split and divide, um, because the spirit of love and the spirit of humility is, is missing, it's not, get, it's not there. And if a church is focused so much on these internal battles, there is nothing else left in order to focus on ministering the word of God and, and to be a good example and a model of the faith in Christianity um, as the apostles were. And so the devil wars against the church in many ways and wants us to be distracted and wars against us individually in various ways, wanting us to be focused on our own problems, our own fears, our own anxieties, our, uh, all the different things that we are distracted with. And instead of focusing on how to spread the word of God in the world and to the people around us so that the people might be saved. So these are the seven distractions that I mentioned um, for anyone who is wanting to minister the word of God. The first is leading a double life. The second, a desire for life security. The third, self-glorification. The fourth, administration. Conforming to popular opinion relying on materialistic resources, and finally on divisions. And may God grant us to always be focused on our service and focused on our faith and not allow the devil to, to have a place for him to enter in and to distract us from the service. And glory be to God forever. Amen.